Welcome to the Solo to CEO podcast for female coaches who are ready to focus on their expertise and scale their business while their systems do the rest. I'm your host, Rebecca Marioki, a systems and automations expert with a knack for anything on a spreadsheet, a mom of three beautiful kids, including twins, a wife and a business owner. For years, I wanted to be in control of my income and wealth while making impact, but I struggled to see how I could do this while working my hectic corporate job. I dabbled into the online business world, but soon realized that the overwhelm of wearing all the hats in my business meant that I couldn't run things the way I had always done. And that's why I started this podcast, to show you the possibilities of where you could take your coaching business with the right systems in place to better manage your tasks, teams, clients, you name it. Tune in every week for actionable steps to help you go from busy solopreneur to boss CEO so you can scale your business with ease, stay in your zone of genius and have the time to do the things that light you up. Let's get started. Have you ever heard of the phrase, you can't have your cake and eat it? Well, in today's episode, we are totally busting the myth because you can. And our guest of the day is giving out the steps on how to exactly do just that. We are talking to Maria Katej, who has built two successful empires as a mom of three doing all the things. Maria helps ambitious moms who want more for them and their families to create a business that fits into their day so that they can can still put their family first while having purpose, passion, and profit. I mean, talk about having your cake and eating it, right? Maria is a stay-at-home working mom of three kids, age 10, 7, and 4, living in sunny North Carolina with her husband, John. Ten years ago, Maria was a special education teacher who decided to give up everything to become a stay-at-home mom. And while it it was exactly what she needed to do at the time, and she really felt blessed that she could do that, something was missing. She loved working, connecting with people, and exercising her creativity. Out of the financial need and craziness, Maria started a successful cake decorating business that she built from the ground up over the course of six years. This was truly where she made every entrepreneurial mistake you could think of and learned so much. And while she loved that business, she had to let it go after adding two more babies into the mix, which is when she was introduced to the world of network marketing. Six years and two companies later, Maria has built her business to a team of over a thousand women and earns six figures. She does this all around her children's schedules and busy lives and wouldn't change a thing. You are in for a treat because we don't just talk about business, but how to bake in your busy schedule. Yes, bake it in like you would bake a cake into your daily routine around your family's needs without feeling overwhelmed. And you'll understand why we are all about these cake terms because of the gorgeous cakes Maria used to make in her first business and all the learning lessons she got from that business. But most importantly, you will get to hear how a six-figure business entrepreneur organizes and sticks to her own schedule while juggling all the things. So if you're here for that, let's head on to the show. Hi, Maria. I am so excited to have you on this podcast. Welcome so, so much to the Solo to CEO podcast. Thank you, Rebecca. I'm so excited to be here and and really appreciate you giving me an opportunity to chat today. 
Anytime, anytime. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners? You got it. So hey, everybody. I'm so happy to be here. My name is Maria Cortez, like Rebecca said. I live in Mooresville, North Carolina with my amazing husband, John, who is a traveling salesman. So he's typically gone Monday through Friday. And we have three young children, although they're not as young as I think they are anymore. They're 10, <laughs> 7, and 4. And right now, it's funny, I always tell people I'm a stay-at-home mom, but I'm not. I, I run a pretty massive network marketing business from my home. And previously, I was a special education teacher, but just needed to be home with my kids with a traveling husband. So that's just, in a nutshell, a little bit about me. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And I wish the listeners could see the background because I can see two of the three kids. Such cute. Oh, and the third one, too. (laughs) So so forget. I forget I'm not on Zoom because I usually point them out and introduce them as I'm talking. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I love this. I love this. So tell us a bit more about your journey and how you transitioned from teaching to running your own business from home, the challenges and, you know, the highlights of your journey. You got it. Yeah, it's it's been a journey. And it's funny, it feels like it was just yesterday I was teaching and pregnant. We moved to North Carolina. I was living in Connecticut and I took a 50% mm-hmm. pay cut as a teacher, which was really a challenge for me because you don't change the workload moving state to state as a teacher, but my paycheck dropped so significantly. So when I had my first daughter, we ran the math and going back to work for me was just not an option after paying for childcare. We were going to make, I think it was like to the tune of 400 extra dollars after paying for childcare. And that just didn't make sense to me. I Mm -hmm. grew up always knowing that I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And it's so funny. I just, I felt very called to be a stay-at-home mom. And then I got into that space Mm -hmm. and I didn't love it as much as I thought I was going to. I think I'm just wired to be a busy person. And I had Mm -hmm. let go of all of my responsibilities and side hustles. I let it all go when I had my first daughter. So of course, my brain always looks to stack things back onto my plate. It's just I've now learned to accept that that's who I am. And I started dabbling in learning how to decorate cakes. And I did that because I wanted to throw beautiful parties for my kids, mm-hmm. but I'm very economical. I have, I'm Scottish. I have tight pockets. So I was like, well, <laughs> I, I should learn how to make cakes. I'm pretty crafty. I've always loved baking. Mm-hmm. Well, that ended up being a little bit of like an accidental business for me. It, it turned, it started out as me posting pictures on social media of my daughter's cakes and my nieces and nephew's cakes. And next thing I know, I had an inbox full of people asking if I would make cakes for them. Yeah. So after about a year, I turned it into a full-fledged business. It was called Cake Mama. I ran that business for six years and it was, I mean, the best time. My husband and I gained so much weight. (laughs) There's a lot of cake scraps that hang around. It's not necessarily a good thing, but the joy that that business brought me was just everything. And to be able to tap into that creative side of my brain, I was producing Mm -hmm. income for my family, which I really love to do. But I, by the time I had my, my third child, I'll just never forget. I was nine months pregnant. I had 
sugar all over my belly. I was making a, a massive, I was completing a massive wedding order and oh, it was wow. a large three-tier cake, a hundred cupcakes, a hundred cookies, a hundred chocolate dip pretzels. And I had that moment. <laughs> it was like the lights of heaven just opened up and it was like, you're, you're done. This is, mm-hmm. this is your last cake you're going to make. And it was. I put on my voicemail that I was going on maternity leave, and that is still my voicemail today. And my son is now four years old. <laughs> but I, I keep that voicemail up because people still call me for cakes. And I would oh, wow. love to get back to it one day. But right now, mm-hmm. with three little kids, I did it out of my home. It was very challenging with a working mm-hmm. husband, traveling husband, rather. Mm-hmm. So I had to give all my time and energy to the kids all day because they couldn't be around food. I had a certified kitchen and it had to be very clean and and sanitary. So when they went to bed, that was when I started working. So I would work usually from eight at night till about midnight, sometimes later, it depended on the amount of orders I had and it took a toll. So at that time I needed a plan B because Mm -hmm. we had some financial gaps that we needed to fill. And I knew going back to teaching again, still was not an option. So that was when I was introduced to direct sales. And I have to be really honest with you and your audience. Direct sales was a big no for me. I had such a bad taste in my mouth about it. I was not interested in it, but I was also a little intrigued by it because I felt like I had everybody asking me to join or do something with it. And I was like, well, what if there is something there? What if I could make this work or make this happen? This does seem like it would be a good fit, but Really, at the end of the day, I was like, I want nice skincare and I don't want to have to pay for it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so I actually jumped in really with just starting out wanting a discount. I got a hold of the business and compensation plan and that was it for me. I saw, I knew I could do it. It was, there was never a matter of, you know, uh, am I going to make this work? It was, I, I knew wherever that you know, highest rank was in, in the company. I was like, I'm, I'm going to get there. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this happen for my family. So I've been with my company now for four years. I was with one company for two years, ended up switching, mm-hmm. just learning a little bit about the industry and what I was looking for and, and how I wanted to be compensated. It's really, really important. So yeah. I, I ended up switching. I've been with my company for four years and I've been really, really fortunate. I've worked really hard but I've grown my business to over a thousand women and I have a six figure income, which is insane because with network marketing, it's not common that people reach that, that I guess, financial goal. It feels very surreal, but like I said, I feel very blessed because I can continue to put my family first, be home and make an income that I would never have made as a teacher. So that that's my my journey, the long story, the long part of the journey there. But I think it's important to understand kind of where I came from to when I share moving forward. I know. Oh, my goodness. I feel like I am buzzing with so, so many questions because you've shared so many interesting things about your journey. And I think the one thing that really stands out is, you know, as moms, we tend to kind of apply this whole super mom concept into our careers and our businesses. And I love how you evolved naturally. Like you knew that your cake business, even though it was doing well, it wasn't just it just wasn't going to fit with your ideals and how you wanted to raise your family and how you wanted to be present. And in that moment, you allowed yourself to evolve and to 
find something else that would fit into your world and how you wanted your life to pan out. And I mean, it's amazing that you've made such a success out of network marketing and direct sales, because just like you said, there's so much bad rap about it. So maybe tell us about how you shifted your mindset, because you did say that at first you thought this is a no-go zone. So how did you change from no, no, no to building a six-figure business out of it? You know, what's funny. It wasn't even my mindset that needed changing. It was Mm -hmm. being an industry that wasn't being done well. Mm -hmm. I, so at the time, the reason I had such a bad taste in my mouth, and this is going six back six years ago. So I want you guys to remember where we were six years ago when network marketing was really kind of entering the scenes on social media, on Facebook. Yes. There was an inbox message from everybody. I was being added to everybody (laughs) and their mother's legging group. I won't even mention the name, but I know everybody (laughs) listening can guess. (laughs) And I would remove myself from the group and find myself right back into it again. And I always had that thought, like nobody even asked me if I wanted to be in this group. And, And I know it's people being excited, genuinely excited about how to do their business. And they're just doing exactly what their coaches are telling them to do. But I had this thought that this is no different than any other business. It's really Mm -hmm. not. And Mm -hmm. no other business would do that. (laughs) So I have made, you know, as I grew in my role as a leader, I really started training my team how to do things differently. And I always tell people when they join me, we will not be sending cold messages, period. Mm -hmm. And they usually look at me and they're like, oh, God, thank God. (laughs) I think that's a relief for them to hear that because that is one of the fastest ways to make people turn and run and and really turn them off from what you're doing. Um, Yeah. And it's unnatural generally for humans. It is. is. I was just listening to a training where it was actually with Julie Ciardi and she said nobody would ever come up to you in the grocery store and say, hey, good to see you. I have this ground floor opportunity I wanted to tell you about. And it's with this great product that I've fallen in love with. And and if you'd like to join my event, here's the info. And then they walk away. And she's saying, that's exactly what people do on social media platforms. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't do it in public, in person that way at Mm -hmm. all, right? You would ask them how they are, talk with them about life. And then if you get into a reciprocal conversation of asking questions and it gets brought up naturally, that's the conversation you have. It doesn't need to go anywhere. You don't need to sell anything. I always Mm -hmm. explain to my team, you have uh, solutions for people, but they don't have to buy from you. Nobody has to buy from you ever. You just can offer the solution, give them the information, and then let them decide what to do with it. So that's really... Mm -hmm. It wasn't me, I think, changing my mindset because I knew I was sitting on really a gold, golden opportunity with my company. It was more, I'm going to, I'm going to do this different. I'm going to do this differently. And the type of, I think, leaders that I attracted on my team have done so well because they appreciated that I was doing it a little bit differently. So I don't know if, I don't know if that really directly answers your question because it wasn't like a mindset shift more of I saw the opportunity, but I wanted it to look differently. Hi there. I am interrupting my own episode to give you an exclusive invite to my weekly live trainings on all things system setup, scaling your business with the right foundations and all the tech in between. 
All this happens in my Facebook group, the Solo to CEO community, and I do have regular guest appearances to help you scale your business even faster. Head over to rebeccak.co forward slash community to jump in or check out the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to welcome you in there. Circling back to your journey when you started with the cake business, tell us more about, you know, what you took out of that, because I believe in every experience we have, even though we don't end up doing that for the rest of our lives, we go through that experience for a reason. So tell us about what learnings you took from that. And oh. I know I can relate because we talked in the yes. DMs about my <laughs> online boutique and the struggles of running, you know, product-based businesses. So maybe share yes, with us yes. about how, what you've learned and what you've applied from that experience in your service-based business currently. Yeah. And I honestly, I wish I had your podcast when I had my cake business, because I think that would have <laughs> helped so much. I listened to a couple yeah. of them and I was like, oh, duh. I mean, I was really in the beginning stages of understanding entrepreneurship. And like I said, it was mm-hmm. very much an accidental business that kind of evolved slowly until it picked up steam and we were just rolling. And I did not have any systems in place. So Mm-hmm. A lot of what I was doing was I was in survival mode. <laughs> I had so many <laughs> orders coming in and I am the type of person, I have such a hard time saying no to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to help everybody. I want, I didn't want to turn anyone away from a cake, but I think some of the things that I learned through all of this is I wish looking back that I had spent more time on the structure of my business before I launched it. I think mm-hmm. I just I created a name. I got my kitchen certified and I was like, okay, I'm in action. I'm in business. But I yeah. never considered how much money I needed to put in for, mm-hmm. and then, you know, looked at it against my profits. I just, I, that wasn't anything I was looking at. I was just so happy to be making cakes and, and earning a little extra money. I also was not at mm-hmm. all charging for my time in the beginning. I was just charging, like I was looking at materials and then I would times the materials by a certain amount and that's what I would charge for cakes. And I learned over time that you have to charge for your time. So mm-hmm. that was that was a really good learning experience. I think obviously there was the area of needing contracts. I, at, in the beginning, I was not using contracts at all. And I got burned yeah. a couple of times where people didn't pay and didn't come and pick up their cakes. And then I was stuck with a very custom cake for someone that couldn't be sold. So I learned that lesson the hard way that I had to have, again, one of those systems I needed to have contracts mm-hmm. in place. And I needed to have mm-hmm. a flow to how I accepted orders, how I collected payments up front and then, you know, down payments rather, and then the rest of the payment when the cake was delivered. So there was a lot. And I think the part of it that really started to get challenging for me was when I kind of launched into the wedding world. And that's a whole nother ballgame, dealing with brides. I was a bride. I get it. And I don't think, I hope I wasn't a bridezilla, but (laughs) people care about their cakes like a lot. And there's so (laughs) much communication back and forth that happens that people don't Mm -hmm. realize. Mm-hmm. There was, and I loved working with my bride. I really did have wonderful brides, but the communication piece, I think I spent more time on email and Facebook Messenger and text message than I did actually crafting and creating. And that's when I started not enjoying it as much. And, and maybe if I hired an assistant that could have 
resolved all of that. But again, I didn't create a business structure when I started. So I had no idea mm-hmm. how to scale this business. I wasn't willing to really get into a storefront. I wanted to keep overhead low. I wanted to work out of my home, but I just never yeah. considered hiring somebody. And I, I really wish that I I thought of that because I think I would have just enjoyed decorating and baking and let someone else deal with all the communication and contracts mm-hmm. and money and all that stuff. But I think mm-hmm. what I really learned is your time is valuable. It's so valuable. Mm-hmm. And I was not in the beginning while it was a hobby and I loved it and I didn't care how much money I made. Six yeah. years later, I was like, shoot, I am not making enough money for how much time I'm like, this is taking me away from my family. And if I'm not getting the return on my investment of time, is this really worth it, even if you love it? So mm-hmm. I'm happy to say now, you know, I make enough money that I do cakes for people and I just charge cost. And I do it because it's still a passion and a love of mine, but I enjoy it so much more when there's that pressure is gone. So yes. I don't advertise that I do cakes for people, but I mm-hmm. will do it for my good family and friends. And I feel like that's been the perfect balance for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, now that the listeners know, you never know who might be in your DMs asking for a cake. <laughs> Always. I actually, I just booked two weddings for the fall, which I haven't oh. done a wedding cake in a long time. But I, again, how do you say no when it's a former <laughs> student of yours that you used to teach and she's oh, getting wow. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? <laughs> amazing, amazing. So, I mean, you have been juggling all the things, literally. And your spouse, your husband, is he travels during the week. So, obviously, it's you and the kids most of the time. How yep. have you been able to handle your business and manage and be present with the kids? Because I know that's something you strongly believe in, that you can literally have your cake and eat it. Now I know why you're so passionate about that statement, but how have you been able to do that, you know, practically? Yeah, it's, it's funny. I, when some moms make fun of me for the way I do things, I'm like, listen, you would do it like this too, if you didn't have a husband to help you. And Mm -hmm. I've had moms say like, oh, but my husband gets home late at night and he leaves early. I'm like, nope, it's still not the same thing because Mm -hmm. I lose, I lose sleep at night. When like I I don't have anybody to share the load. So when I wake up in the morning, I'm more exhausted when my husband travels. And usually it's just because I'm on high alert. You know, as a as a mom sleeping in a home with three babies, you know, you handle bedtime, you get them to bed, then you clean up the house. And when you go to bed, you're just exhausted. (laughs) So I, I run a tight ship. I will tell you that with my children, I run a very tight ship and I have systems for everything within my home. Because mm-hmm. I, I truly cannot focus on my business if my house is in chaos. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, even when I was in high school and junior high, I couldn't do homework if my desk wasn't clean. And it just became one of my, I guess, paradigms that, you know, I need a clean space. And that's the way I feel about my home. So I have, I mean, people, like I said, people laugh when they come in, but we have strict bedtimes for the kids. They go mm-hmm. to bed early. I need that. That's for me. So that way I have time at night to just kind of straighten up the house before I go to bed. But I have Mm -hmm. a system for laundry. I have a system for meal planning and food shopping. I have a system for cleaning the house. And I do it in a way that is very compartmentalized. So I have like tasks for every day of the week. Mm -hmm. And 
I have it broken down between tasks for home and tasks for my business. And I plan it out in my day when those things are going to be done. I truly, I was just, just posting about this on Instagram. When you are a CEO of your own business, you don't have a boss to hold you accountable to anything that you do. This is amazing. This is what everybody wants, right? Everybody wants to be your own boss. But then when you're there, you're like, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) I don't have anybody telling me what to do or when to do Mm -hmm. it. It is easy to get caught in that trap of procrastination. It's easy Mm -hmm. to find something else more fun to do than the nitty gritty work that needs to be done for your business. So I, that system that I was telling you about with, you know, tasks for every day of the week, I also use my agenda. My agenda is my boss. It is exactly what tells me what to do. So when I sit down to work, I don't need to think of what needs to be done. It's written out. If I have to follow up with people, I'm not even thinking about who I have to follow up with. I already have Mm -hmm. the names listed. So I created Mm -hmm. part of my process is on Fridays, I sit down and I map out the entire next week. And I do this on Fridays because I don't want this hanging over my head Saturday and Sunday. I want to be ready to go on Monday with my agenda and my calendar all set up and, and running. So Friday, I sit down, I carve out about 10 to 15 minutes and I map everything out. I, I even, I have spreadsheets and blank sheets. I know I really need to chat with you about Asana. We were just talking about that from your last podcast. I probably <laughs> yeah. need to adopt that system, but for now, my little paper file system is what's been working for me, but yeah, I just, I run, a, like I said, a tight ship with the kids, with my business, with my home, because it's out of necessity. I just have to. And that's yeah. really, I mean, I, when people ask me for help, I'm like, okay, let's just take it one thing at a time. I really do love helping people kind of figure out systems for their home to make their, their lives a little bit easier. My husband's always like, there's a system for everything. <laughs> there's a system for homework coming in and homework going out. I'm like, yes. Everything has yeah. to have its place in the house. And every, I want everyone yes. to know where things go and how we operate so that there's routines and mm-hmm. there's no questioning it. My kids know exactly what to do when they leave the house or come in. And that makes mm-hmm. my job way easier. So when I sit down to work my business, I'm not worrying about to-do lists with my family. Yes. Clear yes. that clutter out of my brain and just focus on what I need to do to move the needle in my business. Yes. And it's amazing how kids also thrive on routine. People don't really realize that because a lot of people, moms think, oh no, you're putting them into a box. They need to be free to do what they they feel like doing, but they actually thrive and do much better when you put them on a routine because they also are more at ease because they know what's coming, what's happening at different times, when you're available for them, when you are busy with your work. So I, I love I love every single thing that you said here and I've been taking, you know, a lot of notes as well. Oh, good, good. I hope I wasn't rambling too much. I, there's so much I love to share about <laughs> and it's hard to keep it concise, but uh, I'm glad you you learned a little bit from it. Amazing, amazing. So how do you manage with this season, especially has been quite challenging for moms because, you know, for the first time, our work life for those who work, is kind of integrated with our business, with our home life. And, you know, everything is, you know, all happening at the same time. How are you able to handle all those things without feeling pressure or overwhelm 
or, you know, like you're giving your business priority and your kids are not getting the best of your time. Oh, it's so true. And it's, it, it really is a daily struggle, I think, because with, I think, running your own business, there's never an off switch. I always feel like yes. I could, I feel like I honestly could work all day. But what mm-hmm. I've done, I limit myself to two hours. And mm-hmm. if I am fully focused, I can get all my work done that needs to be done in a, in two hours, unless I have an evening Zoom or call that I have to get on. That's I, I consider that different. But my, my two hours is blocked in my calendar. And mm-hmm. that that is my time that I sit at my desk and my kids know this. So again, you were talking about building in routines. When they were home during COVID and we were homeschooling, I kept that routine and it's what it is now. I'm like at Mm -hmm. 12 o'clock, I feed them lunch and they know mommy is off duty. The door gets closed. You don't come in. You don't ask me for help. Like you are on your own. You can play. You can watch a show. It's their free time. It's just not Mm -hmm. with mommy. But yeah, it's, I mean, being pulled in a lot of different directions was very difficult. I think I leaned on using Mm -hmm. shipped for shopping my groceries a little bit more. Like I found different ways. I decided, like I was talking about before, your time is money. And I was like, what could I be paying for to be done for me so that I could take Mm -hmm. time to work my business? And that's so I, I have a personal shopper that does my grocery shopping. We found somebody to take care of the kids for a couple hours a day when yeah. we were really in the in the heat of homeschooling because that was a very mm-hmm. challenging chapter of life. And yes. she would come and I had a toddler who didn't need homeschooling. So it was difficult to juggle a toddler who wanted your attention and your girls who needed <laughs> to be taught. So mm-hmm. if you're I always tell people if you're a mom see if you can work it into your budget to hire help in some way, shape, or form. I think as moms, we really struggle to ask for help Mm -hmm. and to accept help because it feels like we're admitting that we can't do it. And I've Mm -hmm. really come to this conclusion as a mom, we don't need to be martyrs. We don't. We don't. And it was never, if you go back in time, motherhood was never meant to be done alone. Mothers helped each other raise children and communities. And we really don't have that anymore. But I have fully learned to ask for help and that it is okay. Mm -hmm. I know that I am a better mother when I get help from people. So that's, I mean, this has been a, this has been a journey for me. It's not been easy, but it allowed me to grow my business Mm -hmm. in a way that I don't think I would have been able to do if I was with my kids 24 seven, because that's what it was. My husband was still traveling. So yeah, I think those are my my big things. Look at your day and and where you're spending your time and is that something that you can outsource? That's that mm-hmm. was I think like I said the lesson that I learned with my cake business. I wasn't outsourcing anything so I couldn't grow and I learned that and apply that now in my business. Yes, yes. And seeing it as an investment as opposed to an expense because we can easily invest in a new coaching program, but why is it hard for us to invest in Someone to come and take care of the kids for just two hours a, a day. <laughs> yeah, but then once you do it, you're like, why haven't I done this my whole life? <laughs> this is amazing. 
Yeah, yeah. And it also makes you a better mom, right? Because then you can be more present with your kids during kids' time and you're not stressing out about how there are 101 things you still need to work on on your business because you haven't had the time to do it because you've just been occupied with all the housework and the kids the entire day. Yep. And I will say that two hour block that I work in right now, I don't have help anymore because the kids are back in school. But when they were home with me and I had help, there is Mm -hmm. such a refreshing feeling when you leave, when I left my office and I checked off everything on my to-do list, I was Mm -hmm. present in a different way with my kids. Like I knew I could really put my phone down, close my laptop. I was done for the night and it was so freeing. I just, I want that every day in my business. So Mm -hmm. that focused feeling and being able to just sit and work and check off the to-do list, I think is critical. It is. It is. It is so, so important, even just for our well-being. And like you said, it rubs on to how you relate with your kids when it's time to be with the kids. Yes. So any parting sort of tips on organization or planning as a mom, please, please share with us, Maria. Oh boy, I don't even know how to consolidate that because I have so, so (laughs) many. I think... I think it's really important to, especially if you are a CEO of your own business, to have Mm -hmm. a family calendar of some sort and a family meeting around that calendar. My husband and I never did this, and it led to so much frustration in our marriage and our family Mm -hmm. life. When he's home, he kind of has to just assimilate into our lives and it was very difficult for us. So one thing that we've kind of put into place is like Sunday night meetings and monthly calendar meetings where we Mm -hmm. go through kids calendars, work calendars, travel plans. This, that has been a game changer because now I'm able to pass some things off to my husband. Cause again, we were talking about moms feeling like we have to do it all. We Mm -hmm. don't have to do it all. We just have to plan a little bit better so I passed totally it off agree. to my husband. And while at first I was like, ooh, I can't believe I'm sending my husband to go volunteer at school. Like, oh, that's my job. But he loved yeah. the kids, loved it. That The boys, because well, my husband's a big guy, and they just wanted him to come in. They didn't want me to come in anymore. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, there's one thing I can take off my crazy mm-hmm. mom to-do list. But I think having a calendar staying organized with your time management for your entire family. And one thing that I always do is my family stuff comes first. That's always number one. I build my business in around that because I can. And that's, that's just the way my calendar works for my family. I don't know. I know some people have a little bit more demanding jobs and hours, but for me, that's the blessing of direct sales is that you can work when and where and mm-hmm. there are days where I, if I don't work, it's okay. <laughs> my business will still keep moving along. So exactly. I think that's my, my final parting organizational mom life tip for everybody. <laughs> I think it can still be applied even to nine to fivers. I'm a nine to fiver and having that calendar and being able to communicate upfront is so, so key. 
And yes. like you said, we tend to assume a lot as moms. Like we assume that our partners won't be willing to help when you haven't even attempted to ask them. And it's yes. so amazing and surprising how they actually want to help. Yes. But they don't want to step into your territory as a mom. So And they don't know how to help. So I give him exactly. like he's in charge of ordering school lunch because every morning when he's home, he's like, Do I have to make lunch? Do I have to make lunch? And I finally mm-hmm. was like the, you have to if you have to ask me this every day I post it in our kitchen and I'm like it's right there just go look it was a point of contention every yeah. morning it was so silly so I just <laughs> gave it to him I was like hey this is what you can help me with here's the school link here's how you order I want you mm-hmm. to take over this for the rest of the year and he was like thank you like he was just so happy to have something wow. and then he didn't have to ask me every day anymore who had hot yeah. lunch and who didn't yeah just little things that <laughs> If you don't communicate about it, it's not going to come up and you won't be able to find a solution for it. So those those meetings with my husband, I think, are everything. Love it. Love it. Love it. Oh, I have taken so, so many pointers out of this because we are always learning, right? Yes. Yes, always. Amazing. Amazing. So tell us where we can find out more about you. Maybe ask for a cake order. You never know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So obviously the cake business is uh, stale, but I do have a Facebook Mm -hmm. page. So if anyone ever wanted to go find it and just scroll through, I have some pretty amazing creations in there, but it was cake mama with the space between. And you'll see a picture of my daughter when she was one sitting with her smash cake. It's pink backdrop. So that's why she's the main, the main page. But, Mm -hmm. and then on Instagram, you can follow me. I love to make funny mom reels because I like to keep it real in the in mom life and that's really my target audience so if you like to laugh you can follow me on Instagram it's underscore Maria underscore Cortez underscore and I have another community for moms where I share a ton of my tips for managing business and it's not related to direct sales it's just I call it moms who hustle And that's literally the Facebook page. But if you're interested in that, just find me on Instagram, shoot me a DM, and I can send you the link to join that group. But we have a lot of fun there. It's just a lot of inspiration, ideas. I go live every now and then and just share tips for keeping it all together. Oh, thank you so much, Maria, for coming on the show and sharing so many valuable gems. I'm sure all the moms are going to be jumping up and down with excitement because you've literally showed us that it can be done. It can be done. You can have a successful business and have happy kids and be an amazing mom. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it is. It That is critical is if you're not happy, then it's not worth it. Right. So yes, yes. I hope, yes. I hope I did help someone today. So thank you for giving me this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Thank you once again. And we will see you soon. Hi, before you leave, I want to give you an exclusive invite into my Facebook group, the Solo to CEO community for female coaches, where I go live weekly to give you my tips, tactics, and strategies to help you unlock your next level business with the power of profitable systems and automations. If you like what you hear on the podcast, I go in there even deeper in the community to help you scale your business faster and get even more clients with systems that are designed to scale your business. Sounds like something you need? 
can jump in by clicking rebeccak.co forward slash community in your browser or check out the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to connect and welcome you in there. In the meanwhile, do share my podcast with your fellow business besties and tag me in your Insta stories while you're at it at this is Rebecca K. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. Bye for now.